What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 349. Is that right, guys? We're almost at 350. Yeah, which is our famous last episode. It's the second to last episode, guys. (laughs) We have no no plans. If anyone's been listening to the show all along, they know that back in episode 175, Ronald said that we were halfway done, which I checked. And according to the ancient scriptures, that's a podcast promise. Yeah. Um, so technically, <laughs> That's like a that blood means oath right there. If we were halfway Ooh. done at 175, that 350 is our last yeah. episode. So I don't know. I mean, everyone, I hope you've enjoyed the ride. This is yeah, 349, it second it, to last. We're not going to make a big deal out of it or anything, but nah. you know. goes quietly into the night. Um, <laughs> I'm Steve. I'm one of the co hosts of the show. As always, I'm joined by Ron and John for the second to last time. <laughs> Second to last time. Let's keep that. Let's keep that uh, reminder going. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're here to talk about a couple. Uh, well, we, some new releases that we've seen. Also, this week's required viewing was my pick from last week, uh, Animal Kingdom. Um, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. But you know, news, trailers, things like that that we like to go through at the top of the show. Um, Ronald, you wanted to mention, um, which is a kind of a huge announcement, but you were mentioning it's kind of like low key not being promoted a ton. Is the announcement yeah. of Top Gun Maverick coming home to uh, to Pivot in some form or fashion in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, well, August next- twenty. Yeah. yeah, next Tuesday, uh, August twenty seventh. Uh, twenty third. Oh my goodness, that's my birthday. Carry the two. Yep, twenty third. Yeah, twenty third, and <laughs> it's it's going to be pretty cool. I heard that it's at least going to be um, some IMAX scenes. I don't think the whole movie is going to be an IMAX like um, like all the Disney uh marvel stuff that's been coming out but i think it has some imax elements uh of course gonna have atmos sound um and it's probably gonna cost between 20 and 30 dollars so be on the lookout for that if you want it then probably a couple months later um a physical's coming out in november they're saying not sure when that fits into any of the the services it's supposed to go to um so we'll see we'll see how that 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 information plays out beyond Pivod being on the 23rd and a physical coming out in November. Right. Yeah. So that's exciting, man. I, I didn't get to see it in the movies. It'll be nice to. I can't wait for you to watch home. it. I, oh, I can't my wait. God. I can't wait, man. I, uh, uh, it, it's it's one of those. It's 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 I mean, I don't know what movies going to even come close to this movie the rest of this year. I mean, maybe really? Wakanda forever. If you believe in the avatar of it all, I don't know if that's got, you know, any kind of presence or legs like it used to. Mm-hmm. But you know, Top Gun Maverick is a unicorn, like, you know, in terms of box office and and the multiplier, the legs that it has had through the entire summer. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's no question it's the movie of the summer, you know, putting Marvel movies to shame, you know, like big Jurassic Park world movies to shame, you know, big animated things to shame. It's like it's a Top Gun sequel that did that. And, um, and I, you know, I, I would be curious to see if Wakanda, I think it's either Wakanda Forever, and I don't think, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if somehow Avatar caught on again. But um, I think the really only competition is, is Wakanda Forever. But I do think your comment about like, and, and we were talking about this in our text thread about like it not really being like crazy promoted or like, you know, everywhere next week, next week. It's because like low key Paramount really is trying to get this movie to $700 million domestic. Mm. Which it seems highly likely that it will get there. And they even this past weekend, they did a big promotion where they re-released it into IMAX screens. 
you know, so wow. like I think with an introduction, maybe with some additional scenes, I forget exactly what the announcement was, but I know one of the movies I went to see over the weekend, um, which had been on an IMAX screen for the week, it had come out like, you know, all these other movies are losing screens. And this past weekend, a part of it was is because Paramount got Top Gun Maverick back into IMAX. And I think they're doing that, um, you know, a big push to get this movie to 700 million. You know, obviously it's way over a billion worldwide already, which is just absurd. Like, I don't know that anybody was thinking or saying that the Top Gun sequel would, you know, not only be the biggest movie of the year, the biggest movie of Tom Cruise's career, you know, and the term that we've mentioned, like a four quadrant type movie, like it's just a repeat viewing. It hits everybody. So the fact that, yeah, you can see it at home finally, if you're one of the people who hasn't seen it in theaters and that it's still there in premium format is kind of crazy because this movie has bypassed, you know, the normal or the new normal of like 17 to 45 days for a, you know, a pivot option or a streaming option. And it's been in theaters all summer, you know, so it's kind of gnarly that like, you know, it managed to do that and managed to make a ton of money. And at the time that it's coming out on PVOD, it will still have a pretty large presence in premium formats in theater. Still, Mm -hmm. it's kind of gone away and come back. It's just, it's just crazy. It doesn't happen anymore. So, um, I can't wait to watch it again. I haven't, I didn't get a chance to get my parents to see it. I know they will love it and I can't wait to watch it with them. Um, once it's uh, available next week, um but yeah just it's just like the movie that just keeps going man it's like it's like dropping like 19% week over week and it's like 7th or 8th week of release which wow. is just yeah it's it's yeah. like making a million dollars a day still almost that's insane yeah um what else? any other news any other trailers before we go into the required viewing um, I mean, I guess it's worth mentioning since we've talked about it in the past, but I, it was in the news that Ezra Miller is oh, right. seeking, you know, help for mental issues, kind of unspecified, but obviously every other day or so for a while there, there was a new headline right. of some something there. Uh, so I don't know. I think that's, you know, I want to believe this is a, a, a real story of a person getting help for problems, uh, but it feels a little bit like it's a publicity timed thing. I mean, I'm being very cynical perhaps, but it feels very much sure. like this is this is a way to get ahead of the story, the question, why is this why is the Flash movie still on the schedule? Why haven't they done anything about this? But if they can say, well, this person who's troubled is seeking help, that helps by the time the movie's ready to go, maybe they can have done some some reputation uh, repair to Ezra Miller because they are still the star of this movie. Um, I don't know if you fellas had any gut feelings about that or if you wanted to say anything at all. I mean, I just think it's about time that it's just been addressed publicly. It does feel like publicity at this point, um, but in the interest of just having the understanding that they're getting help, I think if that's actually genuine and they are and the studio in any way is helping They've accomplished that. I think the fact that they've acknowledged it publicly and you know issued an apology of some sort, yeah, um, is is just a good step. You know, it is right. it is publicity, no doubt. But I, but I want to assume positive intent, and I want to assume that this really is an effort to yes save this movie. I'm sure, but also to hopefully get this this person help mm-hmm. um, because they definitely obviously need it in some way, shape, or form. And and it's and I'm hoping they 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 want it too. So. Um, I'm happy to hear that, 
addressed in some way because it, it really has not been at all in in a long time and it's been going on for a while yeah um so yeah i don't know what what, what did you have to say ron or anything on that uh i feel about the same I mean, I, I guess it's too early to tell how genuine it was. I mean, I right. get, I think I would have rather heard them talk than read a statement. Sure. But also, they might not be in a space to to be so present, you know, at the time, right. especially if it's, you know, rehab is, a, is one of those things like, you know, it, there's layers and layers to it because they may be completely insulted that they've been uh, kind of... Uh, you know, they get surrounded by the loved ones and they're like, Hey, it's time for an intervention. You right. need, you need help. And that's a, that's a thing. So if it was just by uh, their publicist, um, I'm, I'm okay with that. And after maybe, you know, the movie isn't coming out for another year. So if right. I hear from as if I hear from Ezra in the next six months, you know, six before the six month blitz until the movie starts, I'd be okay <laughs> with that. I'd be okay with that. Give give them some time to 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 reflect and get better, and I'm all about rehabilitation. So you know, I'm sure. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy that that there's a start. Mm-hmm. <sighs> cool. It's a, it's a bad situation, but yeah, hopefully it's progress. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's go into uh. Let's go into this week's required viewing. Um. I'm glad you guys got it in under the wire. It sounds like Ronald. Maybe maybe you were. Up against the deadline there, but uh, I'm glad it happened. Uh, well, I'm I'm glad at least you accomplished it. I don't know how you. I've kind of talked a bit about how I felt about the movie last week, but I picked Animal mm-hmm. Kingdom, which is um, the 2010 film from David Michaud, uh, who you know Ben Ben Mendelsohn, um, Guy Pierce, uh, Joe Edgerton, uh, Jackie Weaver. Prior the names that most people would would recognize, but. Mm-hmm um what did you guys what did you guys you you neither of you had seen it right that was the agreement mm. yeah i mean i felt like i was familiar with certain aspects of it but other things no not at all so i okay. must not i mean i would have thought maybe i had seen some of it but i don't think sure. i did i think i just knew the kind of pedigree of it and knew like you said some of those people that were in it that have now become much more uh you know mainstream names like yeah, ben yeah, Middleson yeah. And, and joel edgerton um so yeah, what did you guys think about it? What any any feelings? Uh, first watch. Are you cooking up something, Ronald? <laughs> <laughs> it looked like you were about to say something. Uh, I shouldn't want to um, jump in if you were saying something. <clears throat> I, I love a I love a small time crime story. Yeah. Um and this this was one of those movies that could have cost a ton of money or or maybe cost nothing, and it's really just depends on the 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 director's eye i mean this was this is a one of those movies that had stakes it was just well written um you know when the heat gets turned on each character and things get out of hand it really feels like there's real stakes in it and i you know i'm all about that i I couldn't figure out what it was that kept building the tension and then i kept thinking about some of the shots that took place like when one of the shots that sticks out in my mind is um when there's an exchange of money in the supermarket and it's like a far shot, you can hear the audio and a person comes in between them and just, you know, it's like, Oh, sorry, love, uh, you know, while they're talking. Yeah. It's just the little, little things like that 
that lets you know that this this is they're just people in a town doing weird shit. You know, it's like they've chosen a life of crime and it it, it can happen anywhere. The exchanges can happen anywhere. The gunfights can happen anywhere. Uh, and that that feels a little more raw than your average uh, movie if it doesn't show small town crime like that. Like it, it, there's something about that that right. really stuck with me. Overall, I thought it was great. Um, at the end, I was like, that's it. I wish there was more. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. But yeah, I, I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. But the ending is a good example of the sort of suddenness of the key turns in this movie. They're very sudden yeah. and almost filmed in a way that's not what you would expect. Like there's two uh, main characters that die in that kind of sudden unexpected way including right at the very end um and then closer to the beginning uh, i guess we're kind of spoiling these things as we talk about them but joel edgerton's character i did not expect right. him to go out as quickly as he did right. and um in the way that he did so much so that you almost can't believe it just happened but yeah. what you said ronald the fact that this is like small time crime and what they're trying to do is usually it's it's kind of vague like all the pies that this family has their fingers in and how everything works. But all you can kind of see is that there is this sort of ruthlessness. Um, and like Jackie Weaver in particular gets to play this kind of edge to her character that, you know, you might think at first she's this kind of sweet grandma type. And then you gradually realize how much more of a player she is. Um, and I think that's, again, it's all part of what you were saying, Ronald. It's the sort of small town. It's a small, it's a family crime kind of gang and the stuff they're involved in nothing too grand there's no big heist they're trying to pull right. there's no major deal that's a big plot focus it's just about like staying alive once these uh, you know once these turns of events start to make things go south for this family and like you know the different attempts to maybe get re get revenge and how that then blows up in your face it, it all is very um you know uh street level crime and and again sometimes you have to kind of check the context of what people are saying to even understand exactly what has just happened or you wait a couple scenes and you can tell oh I, I get it I get what 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 they're reacting to and why they're reacting this way it starts off like a the the is it the Cody's is that the name of the family mm -hmm. but but the, you know between them and the cops there's this sort of warfare that breaks out about halfway into the movie that is just crazy but the way that scene was played with the the kind of decoy car they set up in the middle of the road for the cops right. to find. I mean, there's just a chaos to the to the action and to the storytelling that is very much in line. I you know I agree with what you said, Ronald. That it is the it's the smallness of it and almost almost like the mundaneness of it within this world that it it it's uh you know uh is David Michaud is that his name mm -hmm. wrote and directed this right yeah it's a pretty confident piece of storytelling and it is in that that vein of just like crime it's like that's the style of story that it is you know yeah i mean we just watched uh uh thief for required viewing i think it was your last pick steve you're on a oh, you're shit. on kind of a crime wave here <laughs> but it's that kind of thing where like you get into the world of these crooks and what they're doing might seem grand or it might not but um that just living life on the edge and how suddenly things can turn um 
And someone like Ben Mendelsohn, who's such an unusual performer and how they use his energy in this. He's not like a cool guy. He's not really like a scary guy. He's he's scary in that he's unpredictable, but right. you don't look at him and think that he's going to be the, the worst of the bunch. But, um, you know, it's a very subtle performance. And yet by the end of the movie, you know, you see him as this incredibly dangerous person. And I think the movie's full of little little threads like that where it's just... You know, it's like a character piece on top of being a crime story. For sure. Yeah. What always stood out to me is like what you just said about, I mean, with the character of Pope, you know, Ben Mendelsohn's character. I think that is a big accomplishment of the movie, too, is that, you know, as the movie goes on, you know, he is. I mean, so there's this idea of this being kind of like a smaller stakes or smaller crime. Like you said, it's a little like, what are they even What what's their enterprise, really? Yeah. You know, but you know, amongst that living in this world and, you know, seeing how quickly everything escalates and you kind of see how specifically with the character of Pope and even in like the final scenes of the movie, you know, kind of how unhinged that character becomes as the movie goes along and like what he does to Nikki and like, you know, this, these things that happen through the movie that just kind of like layer upon layer in terms of, you know, he's not the scariest or the most intimidating character on the screen, like physically or anything like that. But his actions and like the suddenness of his actions um, are, are kind of what becomes scary and kind of what make the efforts that they have in this criminal world, uh, you know, whether it's successful or not, like, you know, is arguable. I guess it, at the end of the movie, uh, you can discuss that. But I just think the character of Pope is like he really stands out. I mean, Jackie Weaver was also nominated for an Oscar for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mention that yet. But, yeah, I mean, the notice that she got and the notice that Ben Mendelsohn specifically got. It's just a really, it's one, some of the bigger takeaways. Guy Pierce, you know, and um, Joe Edgerton, like, kind of had stuff going already in the Hollywood system and have gone on to do, you know, other movies that people know. And, you know, even Guy Pierce specifically had a huge run before this movie. But I think having that name in it and Joe Edgerton just still working in the Australian film industry and having a movie like this, which was a, a huge movie um, in Australia or a pretty big movie in Australia and, um, you know, had tons of critical acclaim here. It just always stood out to me. Like, I feel like just it, it, it made an impression the first time I saw it and I kind of felt the same rewatching it. It's just like the characters are so interesting and and that suddenness, like whether it was with, you know, Baz, you know, dying or like, you know, the actions that Pope takes throughout the movie. I just like how that that kind of plays really, really efficiently into the pacing of the movie, I guess. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you guys checked it out. Um and uh, now you can go watch six seasons of the TNT show if you want more of the Cody's. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that the lead character in this How, is, is sort of hard to read for so much of the movie. You know, uh, what's his yeah. name? Jay. Jay. Like, yeah. It, I, I, you know, you gradually come to see that that's like a, a feature of this character and this performance. But for the, you know, he even has almost like an awkward posture and way of walking into a room and so uncomfortable make, yeah makes him a very odd character almost to follow in monk amongst these these really interesting you know colorful characters but yeah. um you know gradually there's like a weird power that that he gains so that by the time he hits at the end you you recognize the you know just what he's capable of too sure mm. what were we about to say ronald i i forgot Okay, <laughs> I legitimately forgot. I think you were about uh, to ask me if the show is good. Yeah, maybe. Probably. What yeah, it, was. it, it <laughs> seemed like you were saying. It seemed like you were saying how it. Like that was the what you said. Um, 
I haven't. I I think I stopped watching it in season four, but I I like mm. the show. I mean, I think it's got a great cast. Um, Scott Speedman plays uh, plays Boz and um, Sean. Um, what's his Sean? Oh God, the guy had from to, like Outside see. Providence. The had fact to, had to see or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nineties. You know, he yeah. was he was in the fact in Southland. Southland. Yeah, he plays Pope. Um, and he kind of has oh. that same kind of vibe to him where like he's kind of, you know, definitely plays that character. And I mean, they, they it's a pretty good adaptation of it's definitely way, way more slick. And it's like, you know, it's a beach town in California and like right. they're kind of surfers and it's a little more, you know, impressive in that way. So the the that level of it's a little different. But I mean, it's entertaining. It's a, it's a TNT show that ran for six seasons. I mean, it definitely has an audience. Um, but the movie is far superior obviously well yeah i looked at the show a little bit after this and i didn't i mean it definitely seemed more tv slick whatever for sure yeah yeah and ellen barkin's really good in it she plays smurf yeah. um she's you know different version of smurf than jackie weaver's uh take but it's still like you know she runs the she runs it all you know that that mm-hmm. kind of vibe <clears throat> but yeah okay cool well thanks for checking that out guys um john is it your turn right yeah i think i think um I, I I thought of this choice, you know. In there's actually, it's interesting. Earlier, you referred to uh, the the Top Gun sequel as a unicorn, yeah. Um, and our next episode is, as everyone knows, if they've been paying attention, it's our last episode ever. Yeah. So I thought, why not look at 1982 animated family film, The Last Unicorn? Okay. Oh, <laughs> sounds I've never good. Seen it. This is one I remember liking as a kid, and the more I've like, I've found out as an adult that it's like based on a beloved book, and it's like the movie is like has its fans, you know. So it's just one that I think might be kind of fun to revisit. Um, it is uh, animated by the same people who did the famous, uh, you know, Rankin Bass, the people who did the the televised version of The Hobbit, Hobbit and yeah. uh, some Lord of the Rings stuff. That like, if you see the animation style, you'll you'll be able to connect it to that, and maybe some other kind of television animation that they did. But it was yeah. a real attempt to do something theatrical. That was, you know, anytime someone wasn't Disney back in the day and they were doing a, a theatrical animated yeah. movie, it was kind of an attempt to do something on that scale. So, um, and if you look at the voice cast, there's some pretty there's some pretty good people in this. There, you've got your uh, Jeff Bridges, Mia Farrow, Angela Lansbury, Alan Arkin. Um, wow. I remember some of the characters and some of the designs in this being really cool. So, um, yeah, I, I, I actually kind of look forward to jumping back into the world of The Last Unicorn. Okay. I don't know if either, either one of you have any association with this movie at all. I enjoy this movie never, a lot. Oh, you I've did? All right, cool. It. Yeah. I, I remember, I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I do remember being a fan of the movie. And I, and I, I love the book. I like, you know. Sydney has the book. I've read it to her. Oh, awesome. But, um, Peter yeah, Beagle it's, it's, is the author's name, right? Right. Yeah, I just looked it up too, to be sure. Um, all right, cool. Well, I look forward to watching that. And and I think, uh, so what's next? You want to get in? We're going to talk about fall. Is that what you want to? That's like yeah. the new release that we were all able to see. Yeah. yeah. So last week, um, uh, last Friday's one of the new releases was the Lionsgate film Fall, which basically uh, as about two best friends uh climbing a 2000 foot radio tower um in the middle of the desert or in the middle of presumably nowhere um and uh yeah you know things go wrong i guess is the is the <laughs> is the note on this one it kind of feels like a some kind of spiritual sequel to like um frozen 
or like um that's the one where they get stuck on the chairlift in this at the ski resort i don't oh. know if you guys have seen that or not but um Mm-mm. that one or like something like uh was it 40 meters down yeah definitely the, yeah like the the, the it kind of feels like it's in that you could program these as a little like uh double triple feature maybe but uh yeah so this movie's in theaters right now we had a chance to see a screener of it um so we all got to check it out and talk about it a bit so um i don't know what you guys think of fall too long would be my would be my main criticism which is why i would say it misses the mark with what it does well which is get, getting those those vertiginous uh, uh you know those shots in that if you i mean i imagine if someone has vertigo this movie would be would be awful for them to watch because yeah, they do a good sure. job of evoking that yeah. sense of whether you're climbing up a ladder or scaling up a tower or whether you're dangling or jumping or swinging or hitting or whatever you uh, you are constantly aware of the the precarious height that these characters are are at i right. mean and, it, and right. it, you know it's it's like you're not really set up to necessarily like these characters because they're like thrill seekers doing an inherently dangerous thing but it it you know i think the movie tries to make us get invested with some like tragic background stuff that personally for me felt like a hell of a lot to try to pack into the first 10 minutes in terms of like tragedy and alcoholism and and family problems and every it just was a lot to pile on before the women get to right the the, the tower that is the concept of the movie and then from there i think there is like a lean mean version of this that could have moved a little faster that that might have kept me more invested but by the time it got to i don't know just knowing i mean you know i don't know how long it is it's like an hour and 45 minutes or something like that yeah right. but it feels like it should be like an 80 minute movie or something just based on this the pace and the speed of it it lingers just long enough that certain things can kind of seem sort of ridiculous and like there's a moment near the end where she does something to feed herself that really feels like that we've gone into some other world like what is this an episode of primal but i think in terms of that that again what it does well it you know and that's why i'm saying my criticism kind of leading with that is that i think if it hadn't had those kind of pacing issues and maybe if the characters hadn't been sort of obnoxious in this weird way and if that tragedy hadn't been forced on me all that felt so amped up that it stood in the way of the very simple concept that you're talking about, Steve, which is like just a movie where people are in a situation that's hard to get out of, right. and you're sitting there trying to think, how are they going to survive? And the movie does a pretty good job of doing that thing where, oh, these are the resources they have. These are the odds they're up against. This is the timeline they're on. That stuff was was reasonably well handled, but I kept finding myself going, why am I getting kind of bored uh, in the midst of this, or why do I just feel like it's dragging out so long? And and also personally, none of the sort of stuff they did to t- try to deepen the plot, like there's some reveals about character that occur in this movie. None of that stuff really, really clicked for me in the way that watching someone climb up a ladder and we see a close up of a screw that's about to shake out of it, like that shit worked. That's on what me. it is. That's the what rest it is. of it. Really, really felt like it was trying for some connection that it didn't make with me personally. Right. It it almost feels like the movie could have just been that like. I'm I'm straight in line with everything you just said. Like I feel like all the stuff on the tower, any action on the tower, all that stuff worked really well for me. Um, but yeah, it was like imagining if this movie was 80, 90 minutes and it just literally starts with them embarking on this adventure and it just, you know, they're just on the tower. All the other stuff just seems so uh, just, I don't know, ineffective and just like really slows the movie down for me. Um, 
but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much in line with everything you just said. I do think some of those sequences, like so uncomfortable to watch, like somebody dangling off the side just to get a photo, like a selfie, like that, that, that character's uh, yeah. need for that and, and confidence, you know, obviously like just, Oh God, it is so, so hard to watch those scenes. And, uh, but yeah, I, it kind of fills in, it fits into that, like that B movie, like just shit goes wrong. If you're looking for that kind of thing, I would probably say check it out. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's definitely way too long. Um, but there's probably enough there to probably at least entertain you, I think. What do you think, Ronald? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I always complain about the length of movies. So yeah, I mean, this thing was a half an hour too long. Um, the motive. Like I read somewhere that it was like that it was like 80 minutes. So when I was watching it, I was like, wait yeah. a minute, this movie's not over yet. Yeah, I read, a review, yeah. I read a review that referred to it being 70 minutes long that I wonder yeah, if there I think was maybe like a I read festival edit similar, or something that went around. And I was like, maybe that was a different cut or something, but yeah. sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. It was weird. No, it was lengthy. And um, I think what I wanted was the 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 character that's like a, I mean, what, what, what the young people say is a clout chaser. I think I would have understood her more if her if her desire to want to be famous or wanted was explained a little better, you know, like I think sometimes I, I need, I need an, a little bit more to suspend my disbelief and see the things that she was doing were so ridiculous at a point. That I was like, I don't know if I like this person. Right. And you know, that's, that's, yeah, that's the true. problem. Like, that's true. It was like, I don't know if I like her. I don't know if she is, a logical person and you're supposed to like her yes and then when everything unfolds and the twist comes in and i'm like what were you giving me clues about this like what what, i mean what but i tell you what no i would have guessed that i don't know anyone that could watch that movie and have guessed that twist in the movie and I'm not talking about the, yeah. the thing that she says. I mean, like the twist twist. No, I know what you're talking about. The, but, what the and, hell? Th- there, there was a visual, the reveal yes. of that was, it was something that you made you think about it. But once, once like you didn't question it once you thought you were seeing what was real. And 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 then later right. when they revealed, like it, it, it did have a little bit of juice to it, but it felt like just one more thing they were throwing in to try to make yeah. this kind of thin story feel like it had something to offer, you know? And, it, and again, it, it felt more like an interesting idea than a, than something that really landed emotionally or, or with a yeah. character punch. Sure. But I, I found myself at the beginning just going, okay, I know there's only two characters in this thing. I know the story. I kind of was like, there should be four people climbing up this tower and we should see them fall. Let the tragedy take it out of the background yeah. and bring it into yeah. the foreground. Because I, yeah. I, I do think that that... That climbing up the tower, all that danger was working on me to the point where I thought, oh, I wish I was thinking that one of these characters could go at any moment. And I, and I just think with two people in a, in a nearly two hour long movie, you're not thinking they can go at any moment. You realize you're in for this character play that they're doing between the two of them. Yeah, and you're yeah, right, Ronald. Yeah. There was something kind of obnoxious about the thrill seeker character. And there was something kind of annoying about the, the, the friend with the tragic past too. I don't know. They, they, they both were a little bit aggravating, yeah. which again might be the point in some movies, but I don't think this movie was trying to do that slasher movie thing of like yeah. setting up characters that you want to see bad things happen to. Yeah. Did you know that the boyfriend, Dan, is Cuba Gooding's son? Mm. Yes. You knew that? Yeah, he was in the Scream. He was in Scream that came out this year. 
That's I right. Didn't know I knew that, I, I knew I recognized yeah, him from I, something recent. I did not know that, man. Yeah, and he's I know I know who he was. I've I've literally watched almost everything that he's in. Yeah, I didn't know he was Cuba Goodings. That's funny. Yeah, I I I, yeah. I didn't like. I I read about that when Scream came out. It was like he was on he was mm. on a he was on a podcast or something. I I he was talking about his dad, and somebody said who his dad was, and I was like, oh shit. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that it's pretty it's pretty crazy, right? Yeah, man, he has he has a a, a bright career ahead of him, man. I'm, I'm so. looking forward to seeing him on other stuff. Uh, one one thing I wanted to mention before we move off of fall, it seems like the biggest story that kind of went out uh, that got publicized for this movie, uh, the weekend of its release was um, basically uh, this idea of deep fake vubbing with like vocal overdubbing. That apparently when they shot this movie. They there was like 30 plus F bombs in the movie and it was like an R rating. And when Lionsgate acquired it, a big factor in them acquiring it was that it could be cut to PG 13 and it really couldn't be cut because of the budget and how they shot it and all this stuff. So they went in and I guess the company, the the director, I think is a, a founder or a CEO or has some stake in a company that does like AI, deep fake, like just CG stuff. Oh I, don't, I don't know the details of it. But I was reading an article basically saying that there were like 30 plus instances of the characters, you know, dropping F-bombs and that they had to use deepfake technology to overdub and, you know, change it just slightly so that they every time you see somebody saying freaking in the movie. And I started paying attention to it yeah. by the end of it with the 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 friend character who I think is the the, you know the hitter that was probably saying it the most in the movie, right. the dropper but of like, bombs. I kept like thinking like, Oh my God, like it looks so good, but like, I can kind of, I'm, I'm seeing it. Like it's slightly yeah. off, but like, and she was doing an interview saying like, she saw the movie at a screening and like, didn't even realize they'd overdubbed her. And like that, she didn't even realize it got changed. Like wow. she thought she was saying that in the movie, which is just, I mean, again, a, a step towards like craziness in terms of what they can do with this shit. But mm -hmm. wow. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting that they can like, you know, not just overdub it, but like have it her face change, you know, like with AI in the shot. It's just it's wild. Um, Yeah. OK, well, that's fall. It's in theaters now. I don't know what the plan is, if they have some sort of window for um, like PVOD or anything like that. But I have a feeling um, it'll probably be available in PVOD in some form or fashion in the next two or three weeks. Um but yeah, so I, I'd say check it out. I thought it was entertaining enough while long. But if you're into that kind of thing, like where you're looking for a movie like like Frozen, um, which I would check that out probably first. That one's actually really good. Um, or 40 Meters Down. They're kind of in the same family. Um, yeah. The shallows. So, uh, yeah, exactly. Like th those those feelings. Yeah. <clears throat> um, all right, cool. Did you guys want to? I guess go through anything else that we've seen recently. Anything that you guys have seen over the last week you wanted to mention? I think I saw something you saw. I saw oh, bodies, yeah, bodies, yeah. bodies. Right. What do you think of that? You know, I I think it had like it got it gets messy kind of in the middle, and it loses a little bit of its like like it's clearly much more interested in doing like a social satire of sort of influencer culture yeah. and, and Gen Z yes. uh, obsession with social media. It's much, much, much more interested in that than it is in being scary. Um, 
uh, or even doing like a straight kind of Agatha Christie, you know, watching people get picked off or the murderer has to be someone in this room kind of thing. I mean, it, it reminds sure. you of some of those things, but it's much more invested in kind of taking apart these characters as, as you know, kind of caricatures of, of the sort of tech obsessed uh, Gen Z folks. And I don't know, some of that stuff as a, as a Gen X guy, some of that stuff felt like, oh, this is a little bit more mean spirited than it is funny. Um, but <laughs> but I do think what worked for me was, you know, in the setup, in the opening stages of this, I thought they set up an interesting kind of quirky bunch of characters. I thought that some of the scenes of going around this big house in the dark, <clears throat> there was something effectively scary if you've ever been in a big house in the dark. Um, in fact, some friends of mine and I, uh, um, one of a, one of my friends had a big house that we all lived in for a while, and we would sometimes turn off all the lights and play hide and seek in the house. And it was really fun, and it was scary, and it was like you would get freaked out if you were the seeker. You'd be going into these totally dark rooms and kind of knowing the rooms, but knowing there might be a shadow over there or what. You know, it it, it made me think of that, just how being in a house where suddenly there's no light um, and you have to search or you have to get around. It's just a scary idea. And some of those parts of the movie were effective, just the idea of going into a room and like maybe tripping over something and then realizing what it is or going into a room right. and not, not really knowing what might be behind you. But I think very quickly I could tell that the movie was doing sort of a, uh, a spin on a weird, like I said, almost dark comedy whodunit kind of thing rather than a slasher thing. I kept wanting to be afraid of some presence that, I, that the movie was really kind of telling you all along. There's, there's not really there's not there, a, yeah. a, like a slasher type presence. It's much more about the way these characters are treating each other. That said, um, you know, there were, there, were, there were some effective moments. And I think that it, like just the general evocation of a bunch of people getting together and getting fucked up and shit coming out, saying things maybe you shouldn't say. I thought some of that stuff was 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 well done. And maybe when the characters aren't acting like caricatures, um, you know, I thought there were some kind of funny moments. But I, I do think that by the time I was two thirds in or three quarters in, and you're at that point where normally in a movie like this, you have a real sense of like what who your main character is, who you're rooting for. Um, this movie doesn't give you that. And again, I think that's part of the point of the satire, but it left me feeling like once it got to the end, it's like, oh, now it's getting to the point of this whole thing. And like the last five, 10 minutes feel like it's really, it ties it all together. But before that, I felt like it was getting kind of increasingly messy. What did you think, Steve? I don't think I liked it that much. I mean, like yeah. I, I kind of went in, I guess, I guess the part of the the want for a slasher movie. Yeah, and, I wanted it to be a slasher too. And 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 the and the cast, I think, in general was was actually really good. And I think even parts of the script is pretty tight, pretty strong and, and tight. But like, I just feel like the even the take on the 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 Gen Z influencer, the even the satirizing of that generation or, or that that cohort. Like, I just felt like it made it really hard for me to really like the movie or even care about anybody in the movie. Yeah. Um, which which is a challenge to really care what happens next if I don't really care about anybody in the movie, which I think in yeah. essence is like a part of the satire. Right, right, it of, is. A part of what they're saying is that like, you know, for, for all they have to say, there really isn't a lot being said in the movie and like the, from the characters at least. And I don't know, it's just, I was definitely disappointed, I got to say, in this. I had heard a lot of really positive things um you know we didn't get to check it out i think it was at south by um yeah. when we were doing that home option and i was hoping we could have seen that um but we didn't have a chance so I, but i'd heard that you know very positive things from a couple of critics that i that i follow um but 
Yeah, this one didn't do it for me. I, I can't I can't give this a recommend on my end. Um, I would say if you're if you're interested in checking it out, maybe maybe it, uh, an at home option. But um, I just didn't I just couldn't connect with any of the characters. And I think by the time I was three quarters of the way through it, I was just kind of like kind of had a feeling of what was happening at the end of the movie. And at that point, I was like, I don't I just don't know that I really care anymore about it. Yeah, it's just not as interesting yeah. as a, a, exactly. a cool spin on a murder mystery type slasher type yeah. thing with these yeah. characters in this milieu. Could have been really fun. But it could it, have been. It, it wasn't interested in updating that kind of thing. It was much more focused on like, yeah, as we both said, that generational commentary. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there is a fairly funny kind of dark humor to the way things resolve when you find out what's really going on. But it's like way too little too late in terms of for sure the juice you get out of it. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's in theaters now. Bodies, bodies, bodies. Um, Ronald, did you have anything you want to, I mean, I have a couple of movies. I'm going to just run off in a, in a moment here, but wh what, what have you seen that you want to mention before we get to that? Before we get to the quick writs. <laughs> the quick writs. <laughs> um, did you see anything else? No, I don't think so. Maybe, maybe you, when you rattle some off, I'll think of it, but I don't, I'll jog I don't your memory. I yeah. Before I mention the movies I've seen, I just want to. It, it, it just now came to the states last week. But any parents out there, any even if you're not a parent, you just want an amazing animated series. Bluey on Disney Plus is like I have kids, but even if I didn't have kids, I hope I would find this show. It's one of my favorite shows. Like, period. Um, it's just it's an Australian show. It came over to Disney Plus. The third season's on there now. I know it's been out in the interwebs uh, for some time now because it aired back in, uh, I think, in the winter in Australia or in the fall even. But um, just an amazing show. Like if you're looking for something to watch with your kids, of, mm. of, you know, I have younger kids. But again, I'd probably watch this show at this point without my kids. And I'm not going to lie. I do. Um, but I just wanted to mention Bluey is out there. If you have never heard of it, please find it. It's it's just it's just perfection. Um but in terms of movies, I got to go see some movies in theater last week. Finally, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies was one of them. I also checked out uh, David Leach's Bullet Train, starring a ton of people that we know. Um, Brad Pitt, Aaron Taylor, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Brian Tyree Henry. Um, Sandra Bullock pops up for a little bit in it. There's some other fun cameos in the in the movie. Um, I, I don't know if all of them have been in the trailer, so I'm going to refrain from mentioning a lot of other names because I can't remember. I didn't watch too many of the trailers for this. So I don't want to make any uh, or spoil any cool cameos that do come up in the movie. But I had a lot of fun with Bullet Train. I feel like it's getting hit hard critically. Um, I did get to watch it in IMAX, which was pretty cool. Um, I thought it looked great on the IMAX screen and the sound mixing was amazing. All the action and the stunt work is just really top notch, um, especially because, you know, David Leach comes from that world. Um, Brad Pitt's great. I think the, I think the the real kind of standout is the whole dynamic between uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry. They play brothers in the movie, uh, Tangerine and Lemon, uh, respectively, and uh, they're just like hired assassins. And that's basically the story of the of the whole movie is that they're on a train, they're all after something, and there's some twists and turns and plot developments that kind of make it a bigger story than I think we st we we start the movie off thinking it is, which is simply that. Brad Pitt has to retrieve a briefcase and deliver it somewhere. Um, it's a little long. Um, and, you know, I got I had this feeling walking out of the theater that like for a movie that I think it's been budgeted at $80 million, which is kind of not crazy, but it's it's not in that lower range where I would maybe expect some of it. But like, I feel like there were certain parts of the movie where the CG just kind of stood out as being kind of weak to me. Mm. Um, 
everything in the train obviously looks, I think, looks amazing. And all the fighting that's happening in there looks great. Um, but I guess, you know, I don't know if it's COVID stuff or, you know, a lot of digital just work, green screen stuff. There's a lot. Of, there's a handful of sequences that stood out to me as kind of looking a little distractingly bad in terms of CG. Oh, it doesn't wow. matter to most people. I think if you're going to this movie, you're just looking for a fun action movie. Um, it, it kind of feels like a little Tarantino-y, a little Guy Ritchie-y, but with the action and the stunt work that Leech and like, you know, Chad Stahelski has have come to be known for. Um, and and it's Brad Pitt doing a cool, fun action movie, which is a, a bonus for me. So I would definitely recommend checking out Bullet Train if you if any of that interests you. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, and just a, a, a lot of great characters in the movie that, again, uh, fun cameos I won't spoil or mention anybody else beyond the ones I did. Because I think those may be the only ones in the trailer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, bad. I mean, um, Bullet Train was a lot of fun. Um, what else? What else? What else? The bodies, the Bullet Train fall. Oh, I finally saw Nope, which I'm not going to go on too too far with it because you guys talked about it a bit already. But I I kind of love Nope. Yes. Um, I don't I don't know if like. I pulled back a little bit from people that were maybe a little more mixed on it or, or what, or just the time between me seeing it and, and it coming out was, I, I could kind of like slow down a little bit. Cause I was, again, we talked about like, it's probably one of my highest anticipated movies of the year, but I do regret not seeing it on an IMAX or a prime or a Dolby screen in its first couple weeks. I was hoping to see it on IMAX still. Cause some theaters had it in IMAX still last week. But Bullet Train was in some. And then again, I mentioned earlier in the show, Top Gun took over the one that I went to that was playing at the time that I saw Nope. Because um, the theater I saw it in was, you know, it's a nice theater, but I just, I, it just wasn't a great uh, presentation. Um, but even still, I yeah, you got everything you guys said, you know, in terms of the spectacle. Um, creature design. Creature design, you know, just the characters. Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer together were just, so I fucking good. love them together. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I've enjoyed a scene, may- maybe one or two stand out that even come close, but the scene in the movie when they realized the cinematographer had brought a hand cranking camera and they mm-hmm. kind of do that like high five. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. I just like, that was just like one of the most joyous scenes in the movie, like <laughs> all was. year for me so far. Yeah. Just in terms Perfect. of those characters that you've been that far into the movie with. And their chemistry and like they both just light up and have that sibling moment. Uh, you know, it, it kind of is a little throwaway moment, but it, it really was great. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I love Nope. I can't wait to watch it again. Um, it, it kind of has avoided this uh the Pivot window that a lot of Universal movies have come out on. I'm kind of surprised. Um, <clears throat> especially because it didn't do like gangbusters, you know, at the box right. office, like we were maybe hoping it would. Um, so I, I hopefully I'll be able to watch it again soon at home, which I'm actually probably will be a better experience in terms of presentation than the theater I saw it in, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to watch it again to kind of dissect it because I feel like that always happens with his movies. There's so much going on and there's so much intentional layering and, you know, to the plot, to the script, to the characters that I'm just excited to watch it again. But yeah, I, I really, really love the, uh, the film. Um it makes me happy. I'm glad you yeah, like it. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm so happy that uh, it makes you happy because it made me very happy to finally see it before it left theaters and to support Jordan Peele because I, I I fucking love him and I just think that 
you know, three for three in my book. And, you know, first time in a long time, I forget, I forget what the stat was and I can't believe, I can't remember who it was prior, but the first three features grossing over a hundred million, you know, genre stuff, you know, just Mm -hmm. like it's, it's a, it's a huge accomplishment not to mention an Oscar in there for him. So uh, it's just, it's crazy. And I can't wait to see what it does next, obviously. Um, Yeah. So I think that was, I think that was everything I think I wanted to mention. Did, did that bring up anything in your mind, Ronald? Anything that you've seen? Did I talk about Child's Play last week? Yes. Oh, actually, did you say it on the podcast or was that in our thread? I can't remember. But I mean, mention it again. I know, you know. Okay. Um, it won't hurt. The Screen Factory release of the Child's Play trilogy is like out of this world. I, I just saw the first one and it's just. You think that a movie that old that wouldn't look as beautiful as it did. And it just was a just a nice movie. Man, you forget how crazy off the rails the first one. And then it just gets weirder from there. But this this is the most grounded version of a doll killing people out of the series. And it, it has this like weird. It has such a fun feel to it because it's a slow burn. And like for like a half an hour of the movie, you do not see Chucky. And then when Chucky comes, it's like, oh, man, he's going to murder everybody. And he does not stop. It's like nonstop chaos. He, yeah. he kills the guy that he used to know that may have. It, it just he kills random people, man. The voodoo guy who but, helps him out with yeah. the spell and everything. Yeah, the voodoo guy. He kills a voodoo guy. Doesn't he kill like a past partner or something that he worked with? Like uh, He's a little asshole. He's a little asshole, man. Yeah. And he loves it. But the. Yeah, but it's 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 worth checking out. It's a, it's a fun I, I, movie. Yeah, but, I'll definitely check that out because I love that yeah. series in general. Uh, that whole it's Chris pretty fun. It's Chris, man. Like it's it, there's a there's a legit argument for getting physical media now, man. Like it's like the the 4K upscale the 4K uh, uh, versions of these movies. They're as close to the theatrical release that you're ever going to see, which is the coolest part about it. You put it on a big screen, it, it you know, it doesn't get blurry. It, it's super sharp. You know, you pause it, it looks like a, a still high-end photo. It's just yeah, nice to be able to see the movies that we've kind of come up to love in that quality, man. And this, they're talking about Tarantino stuff later this year. Uh, Reservoir Dogs is supposed to be, come out on 4K this year. So I'm gonna physically buy that. I'm like some things cool. I just download. I'm gonna buy the shit out of that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess the the child's play mentioned just as a reminder. If anybody hasn't watched the Chucky series on um, USA Sci-Fi, um, I think a so teaser good. is out for the second season. But that second season's coming out this fall, and I think it, I think it starts mm-hmm. in early October. But, you know, just in the child's play of it all, if you haven't watched the first season, I, I personally, I thought that first season was a blast. So if you if you like child's play, um, that, that first season is on uh, yeah USA Sci-Fi, I think, whatever. I don't know how they have a streaming. I don't know what streaming platform they're on, but <clears throat> um, I'm excited to see the second season very much so and um, definitely recommend checking out the first. Did you guys, either of you ever watch it? I watched about three episodes of okay. it and I just need okay. to finish it. It was really okay. fun. Though. Yeah. It's super yeah. fun. Um, yeah. I think you would really like it, John. Maybe you could check it out. Well, I've been watching those movies kind of for the first time recently. So yeah. I could see how now I would have more, more of an interest in an investment in seeing kind of the re rebooted take on it. That it's doing like that. It's doing that thing that, that like, 
that like Cobra Kai is doing, like where, you know, it's its own thing. And there may be some legacy comment commentary, yeah. like in terms of the characters. Mm. But then as it gets through the season, you can see that it's definitely tying back into the movies. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, it, characters really from the cool. film franchise uh, have a stronger presence as the first season goes. And for the teaser for the second season, you can see that they're, they're bringing even more characters or, or, or wow. from the, from the franchise in. So yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. I don't, I don't have anything else to mention. I think that's a show. Um, yeah. That, that's a, that is a show. Uh, next week. I think we're going to be skipping next week. I'm going to be out of town on a, on a small little vacation. Um, but we'll be back. We, we need more time to talk about and to develop 350. obviously. Yeah. So we're yeah. taking the extra beat. <laughs> Not yeah. at all because of my time away. It's no, really no. just for the attention Much that the episode about, right. deserves. Yeah, yeah mm. for sure. Um, but in that time, time, yeah, yeah, it deserves got to be something um, special, right? In the meantime, moviesmovie.com is the website. You can go back and listen to prior episodes there right on that website, or you can jump into whatever podcast platform you may have on your phone, tablet, computer, whatever it might be. Take your pick, subscribe. If the one you pick has an option to leave a review or a rating or anything like that, please do that. It'll help the podcast. It'll help us out finding uh, new listeners and, you know, expanding our audience, which is all we're hoping to do with the podcast. Talking amongst the three of us is really the joy, at least for me. And I feel like you guys probably feel the same, but yeah, same. If we can get some more people, more ears involved in this whole party, that'd be great. Yeah. So do that if you can. Um, otherwise, we'll see you in two weeks for uh, 350. And again, required viewing if you're playing along. John's pick, The Last Unicorn. What year would that come out? Do you know? 1982. 82. What a good year. Yes. What a good year. Um, but we'll see you in, uh, in two weeks, guys. And, and as always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye.